Steve and I am joined by Kevin and together we are doing a complete and methodical review of the Christopher Nolan 2020 epic high concept time travel film Tenet. We are doing a minute by minute analysis of the film by conducting our own temporal pincer movement. I am on the red team moving forward through the film. Kevin is on the blue team traveling in reverse. How are you Kevin? I'm 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 good. <laughs> I'm, I'm good but I'm inverted so that means I'm <laughs> if I could invert our recording, you'd be doing fantastic. But, but, but by the yeah, by the end of the episode, I'm gonna be great. You're... <laughs> it's all downhill for me. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Tr- Do you think life always gets better in reverse? <laughs> that's like. Well, like... that's something I was contending with in my minute that will come up. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Which uh, is yeah, something that's... I did never. It's another one of those things that flashes by in the a second that you don't really realize happened in the movie <laughs> all right well now i'm excited uh my minute is is intense with almost no dialogue so I, yeah i don't think i have a single word i don't i have That's... notes on action all action well let's just get into it <laughs> yeah. this is this is going to be an action-packed episode this all is epi- silent we're just going to be miming <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to hear <laughs> <laughs> episode 42, by the way, uh, of Tenant Men. Thank you all for listening. Let's jump into it. Uh, yeah, I'm on the red team. We are at minute marker 4121 to 4221. Last week, we left off with uh, Mahir and our guy, his guy. Uh, kicking the pilots off the plane. And that's actually exactly where we ended. Uh, Knocking the pilots off the plane at gunpoint down the inflatable slide. Uh, Looks like fun, honestly. I love, would just, you know, love to do that drill at one point in my life, go down the inflatable slide on an airplane. Have you done that before? Uh, No. (laughs) I imagine it's just like a slide. (laughs) Like an adult. If the plane's moving, I guess. Yeah. An adult slide though. Like, (laughs) <laughs> is that like your is that your dream bucket list job to become a flight attendant because they do do that in flight attendant training school i think there's a lot of great perks to being a flight attendant actually um i would be you know, ter- I'm, I'm terrible in the food service industry like <laughs> the job itself would would suck uh i don't love people and yeah. flight attendants seem to really like people last time i was on a flight i sat next to like an off-duty flight attendant and oh. she talked to me the entire flight, which was which was too much. Weird. It was too intense. She told me I all know, about I her life. You can't find a break in the conversation and you're stuck next to each other. Yeah, it's awkward. Yeah, Very yeah, you awkward. You start talking to a stranger on a plane, you really got to think about how long that flight is. <laughs> <laughs> it was too much. Um, I got totally off track here. Yeah, I want to go down <laughs> yeah. the slide. And I don't think I would mind being a flight attendant because that would mean I get to travel to pretty cool places. It must so, become one of those flight attendants that just keeps going back and forth between some regional. 
Yeah, yeah. The uh, <laughs> Baltimore. You just keep going between uh, <laughs> like Rochester and uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Dallas Fort Worth. <laughs> yeah, that, the two yeah. worst airports in the world. <laughs> Have you been to the Rochester airport? No. Just... <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, what's my least favorite airports? <laughs> we did I this. Say Denver. Oh, Denver with a bullet. That's a terrible no. airport. Denver. Denver. Denver is not yeah. bad. This uh... is one of my, this is my favorite work conversation. We do this at least once a week at work. Denver okay, what's is your, not. What, what, top, top three. What's your top three airports? Go. Top airports that I like? Yeah. And then we'll do uh, a least favorite one. I, I I actually so the Buffalo Airport is amazing because it's oh, nice, okay. it's small, it's easy to get in and out of. So a little I do bit like, of bias. I, there's a couple of yeah. small ones I really like. Yeah, I fly out of there a lot though, so I'm I'm that's a bias. Uh, I like the Charlotte Airport, which I don't Ooh. fly out of a lot, but uh, really awesome airport. Really like homey, uh, lots of places to sit down. Other favorites. Uh, this was going to surprise you maybe a little. Uh, Detroit. Uh, Detroit. Oh, really? Detroit's, a, Detroit's a great airport. It wasn't until they rebuilt it, but since the rebuilding, it's uh, it's really nice. It's like modern. Uh, it's really big, but you, you can also just like get to a lot of places from there. Uh, it's a Delta hub. So if you're a you know, Delta uh, frequent flyer, the, the Delta lounge there is, is top notch. I'm a I'm Delta all, guy. Yeah. If I'm I can. all about I mean, not, work doesn't use Delta that much, but yeah, I, I like Delta in my personal life. I'm all about airport lounges. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> airport I hate the most is O'Hare, which yes. I probably oh. I fly out of the most, uh, and I, I loathe O'Hare. I, it's not bottom of the list for me. I think I would say uh, a Dallas Fort Worth is my DFW is uh, not bad either. Oh, man, you're it's yours huge. Are... I, I hate how freaking long it took to get like from one place to another i mean like, it is big atlanta uh, falls into that one also i, don't I know but it's... i think atlanta at least has more amenities like every amenity you can imagine is in a- atlanta yeah yeah, yeah. also it's... every i every restaurant we are way off track <laughs> <laughs> to me atlanta is like a party airport and also like i think jfk's <laughs> like a little bit more of a party airport. Like I like an airport with a bar that is hopping <laughs> and there's very few uh, other airports that I can think of where there's, it's not just like a, 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 a crapplebees kind of situation. Logan, Logan. Have you been through uh, Lo- no, Boston's Logan? Great party no, just airport. O'Hare. Yeah. Man. O'Hare is, is, is garbage. Um, I travel a lot, so this is a this is a topic I you know hold mm-hmm. close close to my heart. SeaTac uh, C- isn't a bad airport, but it doesn't have there's no fun place to hang out in SeaTac. Mm. Um, that's and I think that's just the culture of Seattle that bleeds into the, <laughs> not really. Um, other I would say the same about SFO. Uh, yeah. Not not exciting, but you know efficient and good enough, I guess. I've only been to LAX once, and. I would say it's probably mid-range for me. It, it seems like a fun place to hang out, but I've only been through it once. Yeah. Yeah, I don't go through LAX all that often. All right, let's get back on track Whoa. here. <laughs> Were we in your minute? I don't even have remember. You, have you ever been to the Oslo airport? Because let's go to Oslo. <laughs> I would I would go to Oslo, yeah. We were. This all started because I said the inflatable slide might be fun. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. There we are. <laughs> 
So the pilots go down the slide, they hit the runway, they do like a little tug and roll, they're fine. As Mahir predicted uh, a couple minutes ago, they'll be fine. Uh, we have a quick break to the protagonist. If you remember, he started pacing around the room and Klaus started getting like a little puzzled by it. Uh, he puts the briefcase onto a table and starts opening it up. Also puts his little cup of espresso down uh, on the table as well. Uh, some good consistency from the prop manager. Right. Way to go. Um, back to the plane. Mahir is increasing power to the thrusters. Uh, there's a nice little, there's lots of, lots of, fast cuts in this minute so he does that that's like another two second clip then there's another I'm surprised at how much they can establish in just a couple of seconds <laughs> yeah it's a lot of uh amazing yeah. some gratuitous shots here like this one so the next shot after that is actually like this panning shot of the jet engine uh, and again there's a lot of focus on the jet engine and yeah. you pointed out last minute that it's kind of a clock and that's why we we like to focus on the the jet engine so it's round it spins it's a clock no one it loves is. his clocks <laughs> no he does love his clocks i bet he loves fidget spinners i agree i think he does love a good fidget spinner so we have that pan across the the jet engine um and then we get another shot from the front like the nose of the plane uh, it breaks away from the little taxi car. What's that thing called, by the way? Do you know? No idea. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it breaks off of that and turns hard left towards the freeport. Cut back to the the cockpit. Mahir is very carefully just watching through the windshield, like looking around, making sure that he's going the right way um, and making sure that there's nothing that's going to stop him or the plane in its path. Uh, and then he increases power again as he lines up directly with the Freeport. Then we get another outside shot uh, of the destruction in its path to the Freeport. This is actually pretty cool. This is most of my minute, by the way. Um, wow, really? So, like, we're, we're outside the plane. The music is kicking on again. Boom, 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 right? Now we're we're facing the front of the plane. We get a good look of all the obstacles. There's some people in the way. There's lots of street lamps and there's lots of cars. We cut back to Mahir and he actually says, go, go, go. Uh, I'm oh, not sure he if gets, he's talking he some dialogue. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's talking to the plane or if he's talking to the people, like get out of the way. I feel like he's talking to the people, get out of the way. Huh. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Cause like they show people running and then they cut to him and he's, he's saying, go, go, go. Um, Anyway. Is he a pilot? Did they mention that at any point, or is he just like a jack of all trades? Like, he's 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 Mahir, man. He's the jack of all trades. He does he does it all. He does he, it all. He knows the controls of a seven forty seven. He can operate a speedboat. What's to know? <laughs> it's it's the same thing. It's a throttle. <laughs> it's a, okay, I, I I think you. If I threw you into with a seven forty seven that was ta currently taxiing, I think you there'd be a learning curve there. <laughs> I know you you steer with the brakes. You have a throttle. I bet I could take that thing off. <laughs> all right, crash <laughs> land, but we'll get it off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's um, meant to crash but it has to crash at the right point at the right time right right uh where was it okay yeah so then the we cut back outside the plane it starts knocking down street lamps like small sticks uh it pushes through cars like little toys this is pretty cool mm -hmm. uh is this is this what would happen or is like is this what actually happened when they ran a 747 through a parking lot <laughs> i mean they do have taxi accidents all the time yeah so I, I I would imagine this uh, could happen. There's a lot of safety mechanisms in modern airports to I just prevent like, this. Like, yeah, 
the sheer size of this thing, right? Like it just it pushes these cars around like little matchbox cars, mm-hmm. right? It's, oh it's, yeah. It's pretty cool. It seems like uh, those are all real cars. I mean, they probably but yeah. movie cars don't have engines in them, I know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some So they're a little lighter. Yeah. Serious safety precautions, but they only had one shot at this, right? So yeah. uh, so then we get back. Oh yeah, so then it's it's uh it is it's knocking down the street lamps and it's, it's pushing cars out of the way. We cut back to the cockpit and uh, Mahir actually chuckles a little bit. Like, he thinks it's funny, <laughs> I, yeah, is... I mean, take some pride, take some fun in your work, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're not having fun, then what are you doing? Um, Mahir, we, he leaves the cockpit. He reenters the cabin. He comes down the stairs, uh, him and his guy preparing to exit. They take off their jumpsuits and they're wearing, like the ground crew clothes they have the colored the you know the vests and stuff so that they'll blend in once they hit the hit the street um lot more cuts here right so and it's a lot of like gopro-esque cuts like of mm-hmm. cameras mounted to the plane similar similar to what he did in interstellar i had oh, those as like, if cameras. christopher nolan would ever use a gopro on his i know of course it's an <laughs> imax camera everyone knows that but you know what i mean it's his, mounted. his favorite thing to bring up whenever they tell him they can't get an imax shot of something is they took an imax camera to the top of mount everest you can <laughs> you can put it on top of a 747 you can put it in a spitfire cockpit i <laughs> he's not wrong yeah uh so we've got a lot of a lot of quick cuts, a lot of angles of this plane. We said it before, this was an expensive shot. They're gonna use every bit oh, of they footage use, that they can. Yeah. They use it twice. <laughs> yeah, yes, they do. Uh and then finally we have impact with the Freeport uh at 4220 with one second left to go oh, in my wow. minute. Uh so we we make impact at 4220. At 4221, we start to see some explosions at the wings and that's it. We're gonna we're gonna pause mid impact. We'll pick it up next week. In mid s rest, I believe <laughs> it's whatever that's, it's called. Middle of the action, yeah. Middle, yeah. That's it. And then we're gonna turn it over to you to the blue team. All right, take I, us home. Um, home. I wish we're only getting halfway anywhere. <laughs> um, so, uh, the beginning of my last minute started with. The protagonists, two protagonists fighting over one gun and him disassembling it just outside the the doors of the uh, Rotas. Is uh, the gun, who, whose gun is it? Oh, it's the it's the that, inverted protagonist gun. Right. We, we established that last yes, week. Yes, because uh, it comes in yeah. with him. Right. In this that we'll see in my next minute. I had to, I kind of played around with that because I was like, wait, where the gun is originally there, but it's inverted because it reassembles itself. Yeah. So, and the gun, we'll see the gun very quickly. So starting at one hour, 42 minutes, 21 seconds, the protagonist, the earlier protagonist, who's in his suit and tie, like a gentleman, is fighting with the later protagonist. I just want to establish that's how I'm differentiating them. Late protagonist, gas mask, SWAT suit. Early protagonist, uh, suit not inverted. They are fighting, and they're fighting their way out of the loading dock area and into the corridor. They're literally crossing that threshold uh, backwards. Um, the late protagonist has them like in a, a rear neck choke kind of situation. They're going backwards. Okay. The early uh, protagonist uh, kicks the gun 
um, into the loading dock area. But from our perspective, he's actually the it's coming towards him and he stops it with his foot because we are inverted now. I'm realizing you're <laughs> going to be describing this exact scene the other way in a few episodes. <laughs> there, yeah. Yeah, in so like two minutes. Yeah, yeah, two episodes, two weeks from now. <laughs> uh, uh, and then the uh, earlier protagonist uh, throws an elbow into the uh, gas mask face of the later protagonist. Um, and they do a little switch around. They're both facing each other. And then the late protagonist, at, uh, and this is only at uh, uh, 42 minutes, 27 seconds in. So this has been four seconds of screen time. The late protagonist does a backflip. A lot of flips coming up. Uh, does a backflip. Um, and then he starts, uh, the late protagonist uh, does some punches to the earlier protagonist, right to the gut. The earlier protagonist kicks uh, the later protagonist in the groinish area, and he goes to the ground. <laughs> okay, now we're at forty-two minutes thirty-three seconds, um, and they kind of went. So the gun was stopped right by the door, and all this punching and kicking kind of went down closer to the turnstile because that's the way the late protagonist wants to go. So when he gets kicked to the ground, he's in the middle of the corridor, um, uh, and when he's on the ground, we then does the reverse crab crawl. Uh, to the gun. That's my favorite part of this. <laughs> Which is even inverted seems like a weird maneuver. There's no like or uninverted. Forward, back, yeah. forward backwards, it never looks normal. I guess they just it was just hard to get that. I don't know. He's also like in full panic mode here. <laughs> so he's yeah. going back. Um he he gets back. Uh the uh earlier protagonist uh Get, uh, pulls him back up, uh, but he still doesn't have the gun. Uh, then the later protagonist starts to block all the earlier protagonist punches. So the earlier protagonist is throwing gut punches um, into, I guess he's got to be wearing body armor, so I don't know how much damage he would be doing even if he landed these, but the um, later protagonist is just blocking these. And from the, you can see how easy it is for the later protagonist who's inverted to block a punch it's incredibly easy um and the earlier protagonist is very confused by this ability yeah um, and this is the interesting thing that i came to in watching this is that the way the fight is set up the late protagonist the person i'm in the perspective of currently and watching the and watching the movie not not the not a dead protagonist <laughs> no not the no not the jeez oh, <laughs> like, to name all these guys the late protagonist it's like i'm oh, taking that from the piece. script it's oh, okay. the earlier protagonist um the late protagonist in his swat gear when he comes in he's being thrown into a fight that has already ended for the earlier protagonist therefore mm. in the beginning of the fight the earlier protagonist has that learning is at the end of his learning curve he's figured out how to fight an inverted person oh yeah good point he himself is inverted and he needs to learn how to fight as an inverted person fighting a non-inverted person so therefore he has the disadvantage as they go as they get closer to the turnstile and as i get closer to the end of my minute he slowly learns and this is 
the visual representation of that, like, oh, hey, it's I could see these punches coming. It's so easy. It's so easy. <laughs> what are you doing this? Is that is that that's interesting? I never thought about that. Is that called out in the script? No. Oh man. I just because and you'll see the same thing because if you think about it from the other perspective. Well, earlier protagonist has no idea what's coming out of that turnstile. So he's like <laughs> flabbergasted from minute one. <laughs> what's going on? Um, but he has to learn how to fight an inverted person throughout the fight. So he right. has the disadvantage early in the fight. And yeah, it, it's the exact same inverted. So yeah, it's the that point makes of sense. the movie, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Where was I? Okay. Blocking all the punches. Um. Oh, geez. Uh, the earlier protagonist tries to do a flip. He gets into another. The uh, later protagonist gets around his neck, gets his back, which is very dangerous if you're in a fight because he gets to be choked out. So the earlier protagonist tries to do the same flip maneuver. He puts his feet on the wall, pushes off, but he, he can't get over. He doesn't do a full flip. Um, to which the late protagonist kind of like does a flip flips them both over and this flip kind of gets them to the threshold of the door um oh there's so much going on <laughs> <laughs> then there's like a reverse flip and they're uh they, that's when oh yeah okay no the flip then the full flip and that's when the gun when they get back up and they're both standing after the reverse the later protagonist does his flip, a successful flip. That's when the gun reverses, flies down the hallway into the earlier protagonist's hand. And that's important, obviously. They're right by the door to the turnstile now. Um, there's then a little bit more maneuvering. The um, gun gets into the hands of the um, later protagonist. Our, our SWAT dressed protagonist. Uh, there's another sort of reverse flip through the door and into the turnstile. Um, the earlier protagonist has the late protagonist pressed up against the glass, and that's when he stabs him. What does he stab him with? Do you know? I don't. I was going to ask you that. I was. I was just that's thinking. From the, that. I had to go into up. the script. Um, it's the lockpick. Oh wow! Yeah. First realizing that, and as it's described in the script, <laughs> after being stabbed, that then heals the late protagonist's arm because he's inverted. Right, yeah, because leading up to this, which you'll cover soon, like yeah. he starts bleeding more and more as they approach the Freeport, invertedly. Yes. This is weird. Yeah, yeah. So he was bleeding throughout all this, and then he heals, and then it makes his... Actually, I think this is what made me realize he gets stronger throughout the fight. Right. Um, is because it heals his arm, and it specifically says he's regenerated. So maybe I did get it from the script. But also, the learning how to fight is part of this. You know, learning yeah. how to fight as an inverted person. So that then heals him. Okay, then... <laughs> Then he flips him around. Now the protagonist, the, the earlier protagonist is against the glass. The late protagonist is towards the glass, gun near the head of the earlier protagonist, and that's we get two shots, bang bang, through the glass. They move a little, they scoot a little bit closer <laughs> to the um, turnstile, um, uh, bang bang again, and that's after that second um, 
double double tap into the glass. That's when the protagonist catches himself reversing in the proofing glass <laughs> through the room. That's what I was talking about, where yeah. the bullets are coming in just behind himself yeah, he, <laughs> on the other side of the glass. You don't want to shoot yourself on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's when, so in that split second where he's distracted, that's when the earlier protagonist gets the gun. Oh, I didn't, okay, before I get to the last thing, one thing I wanted to bring up is um, having, you kept asking about real world experiences from your minute. This is my one real world experience I would bring into this movie is that there's no way, and if you were fighting somebody hand to hand and you have a gas mask on, you'd be so fogged up. You couldn't see and you wouldn't see a proofing window. You would you wouldn't be able to shoot a gun accurately. You wouldn't be able to block punches. None of this. <laughs> it would be just fog. So like for like they haven't perfected anti-fog sprays even for our modern military. Even even with all that stuff, I I it's too much heat going on. You're sweating bullets. <laughs> There's nothing that stops condensation from being condensation right it's i mean the protagonist is wearing a very advanced one and i'm sure i used a very vietnam era gas mask but my limited experience with them is it's very hard to keep them from fogging up when you're sitting and not doing anything (laughs) okay that's good and i've done marches with gas masks on i've done like drills where you're supposed to shoot with a gas mask on and i've kind of cheated every time uh, in order to get it to unfog, I, I've opened it up. I, I've opened up the vents uh, <laughs> a little bit more than I should have, and stuff like that. How about okay, okay? Now we're talking real world experience. How about <laughs> disassembling a gun mid-fight? Is that something that sounds feasible to you? I, I would love to like retrace the origins of this movie concept because I'm trying to think of all the times it happens. I know it happens in like Lethal Weapon Four too. Yes, and uh, it's it's become a thing that just seems like something you could do. And I'm not saying it's impossible, <laughs> but it's just a little too much of a trope. So, um, so hand-to-hand combat weapon disassembly was not a class you took in basic training. Uh, no, I think like you know you've disassembled a weapon. Um, I, yeah, it sounds it's it's, it's hard. Well, it. only rifles, not a handgun. But oh. but I don't I don't know how to disassemble a handgun. I can't imagine it's like as easy as like this one little hand motion to over the top of the gun, <laughs> the loading mechanism. I... I think you could do it on a Beretta. I think it's a lot harder on a Glock and okay. other ones. I think a Beretta really has one very simple switch that pulls the slide off. Okay. Okay. Um, so I could see it happening there, but I, you know, like anything in movies, I think it would be a bit more of a struggle um, to get to get accomplished. But <laughs> it's, it's yeah. possible, um, but heavily stylized when you see it in movies. Um, <laughs> they make and, it look so easy. <laughs> Also, like the inverted, it's actually, this is the thing. It would be easier for the protagonist because the gun is inverted. It would be easy for the early protagonist because the the gun is inverted. The later protagonist. It's easier for him to assemble. Oh, oh, because he's the one holding. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, because it's his gun. It's inverted with him. Everything works the way your fingers would work. But like it would be, (laughs) the earlier protagonist would be like, oh, okay, I have to have. (laughs) Yeah. I had to have pulled it off or 
do that mental gymnastics in the middle actually of that, that's that a good work. point so it's the right it is the it is the later protagonist that disassembles the gun yes to make sure that it can't fire so he doesn't accidentally get shot when he comes out of the other side of the turnstile yeah or yeah or oh wait no no as he runs into the turnstile because as he runs into the turnstile yeah because he's he has to like throw himself away from the fight this yeah. is one of those moments where imagine people... the other protagonist jumps in with him. Well, he can't. He can't because it's opening instead of closing for him, for his perspective. This is it's like one of those moments, right? Because either two people come out of a turnstile on both sides, or two people go in and disappear, right? and just disappear. <laughs> which is kind of frightening. It's I love I love that. I think the I had to think about that for a little bit when I first saw the movie, but then it clicked with me. It's like, oh yeah, that's the only way it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah. the first time I saw like Neil watches somebody from the inverted perspective go in and disappear into a turnstile, and I'm like, wait, but wait, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, the other thing I'd say is like, if you really wanted to have fun with this, the cool thing to do would be like the the inverted protagonist would be breathing invertedly, so his gas mask would be clear at the at at, at the end and fogged up at the beginning. So as he's standing oh, there staring yeah. at the <laughs> at the engine the big clock going round and round all of a sudden his mask starts fucking he's like oh, i can't see and then he gets sucked in he doesn't know what's going on he can't see it as the fight goes on it gets clearer and clearer and clearer that would be pretty cool yeah that would be pretty cool <laughs> yeah. you would think once he gets sucked in though and he's like starts fighting he'd be like oh my god it was me <laughs> oh like hey wait time out time out <laughs> don't do this <laughs> that would be great if they tried to have a conversation and it just sounded like gobbledygook to each other yeah like he said it's me it's i mean it's you i mean it's us and then the other person is like i have no idea what you're saying is that ukrainian yeah is it russian are they the same language i think i'm blowing out this mic <laughs> oh is that the end of your minute Okay, yeah, the last thing is they both put their hands on the gun. <laughs> yeah, because the uh, earlier protagonist grabs the gun when he looks through the proofing window for the first time. Uh, it's then pointed like kind of at the chest of the late protagonist, and that's when he puts his hand on it, and in the beginning of my last minute, he disassembles it. Boom, end of minute. Yeah. End of episode 42. Oof. Intense, two two intense minutes. Your minute is super intense. I, I'm excited for it to calm down, but I think I still have to uh, get into the <laughs> get yours, into the free point. Yours, yours is going to calm down as mine starts to get spicier. Ooh. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the Tenant Men podcast. If you've enjoyed this program, please take a moment to follow, rate, review on whatever service you found us on. And please rest assured, we will continue our temporal pincer movement of this film next week. And until then, we'll meet you at the beginning. I'll see you at the beginning, friend. <laughs>